Bitcoin momentarily dipped under $30,000, only to recover to $32,000. Who's in charge of the market right now, the bears or the bulls? An amazing case study in the power of the people happened this week as Wall Street shorters were caught by the shorts or by the short hairs when a subreddit moved GameStop's stock from $20 to over $400. And the powers that be have responded as heavily handed as you would expect. Also, major universities are moving endowment funds into crypto. Perhaps our institutions of higher education are finally learning something. A penny saved is no longer a penny earned because that penny is worth less and less every year. But here in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, a Satoshi saved is a Satoshi earned. So stack those sats and sat right there for our bad news episode number 482 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Knock, knock. Who there? D's. D's who? D's nuts. Oh, oh yeah. These two nuts right here, Joel Com and Travis Wright, the co-hosts of the show and your tour guides for this episode number 482 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Welcome to the show, Sir Lord Travis Wright, one half of these nuts. How you one doing? half of these nuts. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Very nice. You know what? This is an interesting week, folks. There's been some crazy things going on in the world of finance and finance, I guess. Are you the left nut or the right nut? Mm, I'm Travis Wright, the right nut. Well, you're the right nut because if you look at Sooth and Sayer, you're on the right. I'm That's the left true. nut. Well, it depends on, actually depends on how you look at it because it may be I'm on the right, depending if that, but I'm actually on the left. So maybe I'm the left nut. You're just a nutty nut. That's all right. So is this show. And thanks for tuning in to the Nutty Nuts Show. Yes. And we have plenty of news. It has been an interesting week. Let's give a quick shout out to One Inch. You want to find a solution to finding the best trade prices across all the decentralized exchanges? It makes sense to do it that way, gang. So imagine your confidence when that solution was built by two professional white hat hackers, reached almost $7 billion volume in a year, and they offered you their services in a simple and user-friendly interface. That's what One Inch Exchange is. They are the leading dex aggregator we got a short link for you it's not even an inch long badco.in forward slash the number one inch badco.in forward slash one inch check them out today it's funny to me how we go from balls or from these nuts into one inch it's just like this is it's not good we're going uh, about know, to rather go off the rails hey before we jump into the news and and completely off the rails um I remember that we have uh, JP from Hoddle Community, Hoddle C, coming on the show on Sunday. Oh yeah, I recall that. That's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. He's that they they have been working on building out an entirely new economic theory that's all built around this idea of algorithmic finance. It's it's this totally new thing that they're working on. Yeah, it's like yeah, what, pre- algorithmic predictive finance or something. So it's like the coin will increase in value over time algorithmically or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So we got a lot to talk about. They've already launched two interwoven projects in the space, the Hoddle C community 
and the HODL decks. They're gearing up to launch some more as well. Should be interesting for show. Tune into that. What is that going to be on Sunday? That is going to be on the Sunday. Sunday, show. Sunday. U.S. Smoke at 30 Drag Strip with the great ones. Rock, Sunday. Rock, 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 rock. It is the 28th of January, 2021 at 1.42 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I'm pushing the refresh, refresh, refresh button on CoinGecko.com right now. The Gecko is our preferred uh, place to go to check the coin market cap, our preferred um, amphibian. The amphibian is a reptile. What's a gecko? It's an amphibian. Gecko right? would be an amphibian, but yeah. no, it's a reptile. No, it's a reptile. Yeah, because he doesn't go in the water. It's a reptilian. The total crypto market cap, $986 billion after being over a trillion here for a week or so. Bitcoin, 32,562. Ethereum, 1332. Tether, 0.997304, because I know those remaining decimal places are important to you. Polkadot in the number four slot at 1697. XRP, 26 cents. Cardano, 34 cents. Chainlink. 2323, 23, that must mean something. Litecoin, $130. Bitcoin Cash, 393 even. And rounding out the top 10 this week is the Binance coin, BNB at $42.61. Yeah, I want to I just want to share this because I find it relatively fascinating. But we did get up to the crypto market. It looks like the all-time high on the crypto market was one point. One zero two trillion, hmm. and then that that was on that was on it looks like uh, the 9th of January, and then it got down to nine hundred billion on the twenty first of January, and as you mentioned, well yesterday it was nine hundred and eighty billion, today it's nine hundred and sixteen billion, so it's back up to nineteen nine hundred and fifty billion, so it's cool to be hanging around the trillion. That's that's some big news there. Hanging out with the trillions. Sounds Hanging like a TV out with show. The yep. There's also some other stuff going on in the top 100. Again, with some coins that we maybe not heard of, but uh, Phantom up 277% in the last week. It's now in the top 100. And check out this Doge coin over two cents right now. It's wow. up 155% in the past week, up over 206%. Is this some coordinated thing again, you think? That is a PAMP going on right there. No question about it. I would have to say that the TikTokers are doing their thing and maybe they're asking Elon Musk to do his thing. I also noticed, Travis, that uh, One Inch is now in the top 100. I did not realize that they had yeah. moved up that much. but uh, Must be because they've been on bad crypto. Must be. Yeah. yeah. And look at Uniswap. Uniswap, $14.61. It just keeps Damn. moving. Just keeps moving a lot of these a lot of these coins keep moving compound up 21 percent curve up 30 percent quant 34 ave up 48 Elrond d uh, up 50 percent thorchain up 60 percent as you mentioned uniswap terra up 62 percent swiss borg which we've talked about the cheese before up uh, doubled almost over the week 94 percent up 
Alpha Finance up 131%. Do we have very many losers this week? Uh, you know, really not a, a horrible week. The worst is 24%. That's the REN token. Everything else that's down is down between, you know, 5 and 20%, which is your pretty standard fluctuations for the crypto market cap. So uh, I'm going to be interesting to see here as we go into these following stories, what the prevailing thoughts are on whether this means things is going up or things is going down. And as we jump into these stories for the week, this first one here on businessinsider.com, there's a crypto mining group called the Marathon Patent Group, and they have poured $150 million into Bitcoin on this pullback. They bought 4,812.66 BTC. Can you imagine having that much money? I'm going to buy 4,000 Bitcoin, almost 5,000. Yeah. Yeah, $150 million just plopping around. They say by the end of the first quarter of 2022, they expect to own and operate over 100,000 Bitcoin miners. So that's going to be a lot. They are, they're, they're, they're moving in. And here you are. You got all these people that are moving into the crypto space and trying to figure out the mining, following what MicroStrategy did. And um, yeah, fascinating to see what other people are doing because even though the price goes down, what does that mean? Well, it means it's on sale. Some people go, ah, it's the end of the world as we know it. And, pe and people who've been through this before go, eh, it was at 40. Eh, now it's at 30. Eh, it'll be up again. Yeah, it doesn't phase me at all. I'm like, yeah, crypto goes up, crypto goes down. Welcome to the show, gang. Uh, you know, I've had several friends reach out to me in the past couple of weeks asking me how to buy Bitcoin and how much they should buy. And I always tell them I don't tell anybody how to invest, especially friends, right? That's I'm not going to take the blame if you lose your money, and I'm not going to take the credit if you make money. Do your own due diligence. However, what I do tell people is when they ask how much should I invest, I say, well, take a stack of cash, put it on your, your desk and light it on fire. If you can afford to lose that money and it won't impact, you know, your lifestyle or take away from any of your physical needs or your future, then that's the amount of money, right? Don't, don't invest in anything you can't afford to lose, but Very if you're nice. willing to part with it, then, uh, be, be, by the way, if you do light it on fire, have a fire extinguisher on hand so that the desk you put it on also doesn't go up in flames, uh, nor the place of residence that you're in when you do it. Yeah, because it could be could be really awkward. And I had a friend of mine who um, she was really interested in it. And uh, and then unbeknownst to me, she went and got a loan from the bank when Bitcoin was about eleven thousand back in 2018 did it all on her own and then was mad at me when the price of Bitcoin dropped down to four grand or whatever it is. And she was so pissed. Cause it was like, I'm like, Hey, I didn't tell you to do that. You did that all on your own. Yeah. Well, you were talking about Bitcoin and saying it was good. Like, Oh yeah. And then, so I, I messaged her back not long ago and said, Oh, by the way, Bitcoin's at 40,000. <laughs> you would have, you would have uh, four extra money. Have you hadn't gotten out of it and lost money? So if you keep your stats, you're good to go, but don't go out and get loans. That's silly. You, you could you could really wreck yourself. Speaking of wrecking themselves, we're going to talk a little bit about some wrecking that's happened in the financial 
world this week. Uh, we are. Let's talk about the Bitcoin price for a moment longer here as we go to a story on our friends at Cointelegraph.com, the most widely read publication in the crypto world. So the question is, is do the bears now have control of the Bitcoin market? Is the downward pressure um, you know, in the hands of those that are seeking to bring the price down? We did go below 30,000 very briefly. We saw, you know, 29 something and it keeps retesting the uh, the support level of 30,500. There's now been three retests of it and whale clusters, those who are trying to buy at various levels suggest that in the near term, we're looking at just shy of 35,000, 29,300 and 28,700. 27. It's sticking at the 30,000 support level. Um, they say it is consolidating around 33,000. So, you know, this chart makes a lot of sense to me. This is the type of thing that we're accustomed to seeing after hitting a high of almost 42,000. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so we see these various different, uh, it's interesting what they're calling the whale clusters. You're going to want to take a look at this article because we can't really show you charts in a podcast. But go and take a look at this one in particular because those well clusters are very interesting. And it does, it shows that here there was a big well cluster at 41, 383, 39, 37, 34, 34. And then, as you mentioned, the support levels of there they are again. So hopefully it doesn't go below 28. But you know what? It had such a massive run up. If it goes back down to 20 grand, it's still a big win because it's going to rebound eventually, most likely, and cruise up towards that. 50 grand mark or that 100 grand mark. That's what a lot of those uh, analysts are talking about. So maybe we'll see that. Maybe we'll see it in 2000. Maybe we'll see it in 2021. Maybe we won't. But you know what? Crypto goes up, crypto goes down. It shouldn't be a big surprise at this point. Mm -hmm. Now, here is something very surprising that took Wall Street by surprise. In particular, those who were seeking to short the GameStop stock is it gme is that the symbol GME, that is the uh yeah this thing has been really big news these last couple of days yeah so i guess you know you've got those on wall street who uh, i would say it's very fair to say they control the money um you know how do i want to say this they don't call control the money supply I think it's fair to say they control the ups and downs of the marketplace and, you know, they are the whales, right, of the the economy, the big financial institutions. And, you know, the little guys like us, you know, often don't even get to participate in IPOs or ICOs. And apparently some of these brokers were shorting GameStop and the people made their voice heard. Yep. Think about it like this. I read a really good analogy. So say, for example, you have uh, somebody has five bananas. And there's a total of five bananas. And you go, and then an ape goes to them and borrows these five bananas and then sells them for $10. Sold the bananas for $10. But now he sold them for $10, but now he's got to buy them back because he's got to pay back that other dude those five bananas. So he, he's expecting the price to lower. And so if the price goes down to $6 for the bananas, he could go back and buy those five bananas at $6 and then give them back to that guy. And then he has, he's made himself a little bit of profit. You get to take the difference between that top price that you sold them at and that other price that you got to buy them back at. Well, what's happened in this particular case is that 
there was 10 bananas, but then the whole head, this hedge fund basically shorted 14 bananas, more bananas than there was even in existence. They were like, yes, we have no bananas. 140%. They're actually shorting 40% more stocks that were even outstanding in existence. So that's illegal. That's crap. That's bogusness. It's bullshittery is what it is. And here's what happened. A group of Redditors got together. What's the name of the subreddit? It is uh, Wall Street Bets. Wall Street Bets. Uh, And basically they said, you know what? It's time to turn the tables on Wall Street. Everybody go buy GameStop. And so using mostly Robinhood, because it's the easiest app to jump on and, and buy stocks, it's just the interface. It's just, it's a really simple Super app, easy. regardless of what else, you know, you think about them being custodians and, and all of that. Um, their mission statement is everyone should have access to the financial markets because they're trying to democratize finance for all. And so these Redditors went and bought stock and shot the price up to almost $480, but they're not selling. Right. Well, that's the whole point is because you got these guys who bought 140%. They're shorting the market by 140%. So they need to buy, they, they basically sold them at a low, low price. I don't know what the price they sold them at. Let's say they sold it at $50. And but I think it was actually way less than that because the, the price of this of this coin was like 15, 17 bucks and they drove it all the way up to almost 500 bucks. And so now since they sold those back and the price of it was at 500 bucks, they'd have to buy those back at 500 bucks to, to cover their shorts. Well, they're actually shitting their shorts because they the price is so high. And so what's happening now is. The industry is working against these uh, against the, the the Robinhood users. Robinhood has now banned people from being able to buy uh, GameStop. They've banned them from being able to buy AMC, and there's another one, maybe BlackBerry and Nokia. They can't buy those anymore because what's happening is these hedge fund these hedge fund managers are doing massive shorts on these different stocks they're realizing who they're shorting, and then they said, "Oh yeah, well let's go to war with them to bankrupt." the hedge fund managers and the bankrupt the hedge funds. And so this hedge fund that was doing this is, is really underwater big time, potentially by hundreds of billions of dollars. Right. Which, you know, to me, what we've just seen is the new Occupy Wall Street movement, right? Before it was like, let's get in the streets and physically occupy. Now the people have figured out, you know what? All we got to do is get together on mass and and buy these uh, stocks that are that they're trying to short. Uh, well, I tell you what, the reaction has been fast and furious. Robinhood was incredibly heavy-handed. It's more like rob from the poor and give to the rich right now. And certain people in Congress have spoken out against this, but I don't care what they say because they're Congress. What I care about is what real people say. And Dave Portney, who's become quite a voice in the crypto space right now, he's the founder of Barstool Sports. He's calling for Robinhood's team to be jailed given its attempts to interfere in the free market. Quote, Robinhood's entire business model is to cater to the exact people they're now trying to F with and scare into selling. He says they will never recover from this. In fact, a class action complaint 
was filed against Robin Hood in New York today. And I think this could be the end of Robin Hood. I don't know how you recover from this because word is going to get around and people are going to say, so I had just a a few holdings on Robin Hood. I sold them today. I had a little bit of Dogecoin. I had a little bit of um, Bitcoin cash left over from a long ago fork, I think. And I sold it and I'm done. And I, I went and wrote my review on iTunes and gave them one star because they are no longer um, living up to their motto, which, you know, again, was to, uh, to, to help uh, to democratize finance for all because they're like, oh, finance for us, but not for you. If you'd like to join Robinhood, go to badco.im forward slash Robinhood. <laughs> Don't. Don't. We're taking that link down. Don't do it. Yeah, I'm out. I'm done. I'm, I'm over it. Sucks. It's, 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 it is. It's, it's crony capitalism and how in, in the best where the rich, you know, look out for themselves and everybody else. You know, this is an example. We actually were having a conversation about this. This is another company we're going to talk about a little bit later on. But, um, you know, in America, you get to, to participate in certain things, you have to be an accredited investor. And uh, since Joel and I are really big in NFTs, Flow, which is created by Dapper Labs, they wanted to create, or they actually had an ICO for their Flow blockchain, and they were selling it at 10 cents a piece. And I looked at that and I said, damn, that's something that's going to be huge. I want to buy some of that. Well, in America, you can't buy that because you're not an accredited investor. So basically, only people in the world who cannot buy it was people from Canada and people from America. And now the price of the flow token is over $7. And I was wanting to buy, you know, 100,000 of them. And that could have been a really huge win. But instead, I can go out and spend $10,000 on lottery tickets. And I can go spend $10,000 in the casino and bet it all on red if I wanted. But I can't take it and make a, make a strategic bet on some industry that I'm knowledgeable about because they're trying to help me with, help me with my money. Bullshit. They're not trying to help me. They're trying to help the rich. They're helping the rich get richer, not the poor people have a come up. They don't want people to have a come up. Why? They actually want people to be broke so that we can all be reliant upon the government teat. That's really what it is. That's why we're having these lockdowns. That's why they're shutting down small businesses. They want everyone to fail so that the government is the one in control of everything. And that suck is some, it, America. That is some radical talk right there, Sir Lord Travis. Oh, that's right? the way it goes, man. It, I mean, and you're right. You're right. I you're absolutely right. It's demonstrably true. And you'd have to have your head deep in the sand or somewhere in a uh, a, a rear orifice to not see it for yourself. It's just, uh, it's sad, but you know, humans uh, really look out for themselves. There's a lot of selfish people out there and the powers that be are not interested in you being in power. They want their power. Speaking of power, let's talk about Apple. There is apparently some crypto wallet security vulnerabilities in iOS And the head engineer at Coinbase is saying that if you have an iPhone, you should update your mobile device as soon as possible. Um, Do it at your own risk. I'm kind of done updating my iPhone because Apple is also starting to get heavy handed, as is Google, as to what apps they will allow on their devices. You know, whether you uh, you're a fan of Parler or not. Um, it was delisted from both the uh, iOS app store and Google Play. So people that wanted the, to use the social app can't 
because Apple and Google said you can't. Now, if you don't update your phone, then they can't remove it for you. So I'm very careful about what I update and about giving Apple permission to delete apps on my phone. In fact, here's a quick hack for you guys that uh, that have an iPhone that you don't want uh, Apple to automatically delete stuff. If you go to your settings on your iPhone, have you done this, Trev? Uh, I think so, but let's go. Let's okay, if you haven't, follow along with you. Follow the bouncing ball. Uh, everybody grab your iPhone if you're on it and go to settings. And then once you're in there, go to screen time, okay? From screen time, scroll down to content and, uh, oops, I just changed my thing. Content and privacy restrictions? Yes, down to content and privacy restrictions. Mm -hmm. Turn on content and privacy restrictions. Flip that first thing. And then where it says iTunes and App Store purchases, tap there and you'll see deleting apps. This is for automatic Mm -hmm. deleting of apps by Apple. Put don't allow. This way your phone won't automatically remove stuff. Yeah, I, actually, I have that on there. I've, I've done that already. What was what was the app that was being deleted? Uh, Parlor's been. Parlor, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're just going through and delete. Well, it doesn't work anyways because all the servers are all screwed up. Right. Well, and they, but now this basically sets precedent. They can remove whatever they want, and they could do it automatically without your permission. Thing is, if they don't remove it, you can still use it. So anyway, this story is about potential crypto vulnerabilities and you need to be aware of that go ahead and read the story uh this is in our show notes at badco.in forward slash 482 you'll find links to all the stories there so go ahead and check it out and just be wary about uh what the uh what google and apple are doing to your phone you know i I try and turn off all of the tracking things you know because now apple knows where you are at all times right? You don't have to turn on locations. You could turn that off if you want. You don't have to turn on cookies in your browser. You could turn that off. You don't have to use Google Chrome. You can use the Brave browser. You don't have to use Google as a search engine. You can use DuckDuckGo and you could set these up as defaults on your browser. You have a lot more power than these these big companies would lead you to believe. It's just, it takes a little bit of effort to configure your phone so it works the way that you want it to. Mm. You know, I think so. I'm looking. I'm looking at Robinhood on um, just to kind of cut back to the previous thing we were talking about. I'm looking at Robinhood on the desktop, and uh, I had sold all of my stuff except I had a few Zingas in there from the free stocks that they gave you. So I sold all those, and that, that's what's happened, man. I think I think what happened was is people were getting out of Game GameStop. And getting into Doge because you can buy Dogecoin right here, and but Dogecoin's up ninety percent today. That's just insane. So, and this this leads me back to you know what I said before. I think we're seeing the beginning of the new Occupy Wall Street. I mean, what are they going to do? Cut off trading for everybody who's you know for every stock. All people coming together can say, you know what, we're going to go buy this because we're going to fight the man. I mean, what is it? It's okay for them to manipulate the markets but for them it's just called trading but when a group of people get together to make a purchase then it's called manipulation it's crazy it is it's exactly what it is it's it's exactly what you say it is right there is that um yeah 
The rich, it's like there's two rules in America. There's rules for those that are in the ruling class, and then there's rules for the rest of us. And those who are in that, you know, special class of folks, they don't get arrested. They don't, they're able to do all kinds of crazy stuff that if a normal person shared, you know, confidential documents or top secret things, or they did any of this kind of crazy stuff that you see people in the upper class, you know, the, the, the preferred citizen class in America do, then they get in trouble and everybody else does not. And so it's just, it's just crazy watching how it all rolls, but I digress. Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> Don't talk about that. That's <clears throat> doesn't exist. It's, it's debunked. It debunked. Uh, also possibly needing to be debunked, but not yet debunked. The blockchain based COVID-19 passports are to begin trials in the first quarter. This passport is supposed to contain information in a digital form on the blockchain if you've been tested and or vaccinated. So it seems like a, a whole lot to do about something that has a survivability rate of over 99%. Yeah, you know, I want to actually mention that because there was a guy who, uh, who got the... Um, what was it? He was a Kerry Mullis was the dude's name. And uh, he was an American biochemist and he created this thing and he won a Nobel peace prize all about polymerase chain reaction, the PCR. And so you're able to take a very small sample of DNA and amplify it large enough amount to study it in detail. And the CDC has said, they've stated on record that these COVID-19 tests have, this PCR ramped up to much, much higher levels. And so even if you have like one little small, tiny, microscopic little bit of this in you somehow, then you can test positive for COVID, even though you're not, um, you know, you're not you're spreading it or you don't actually have symptoms of it, you're asymptomatic. And so they've ramped this up way high. And what was interesting is that the, uh, the, the guy who, who created this, uh, miraculously died like in October of last year. Hmm. Um, actually, no, he miraculously died in October of 2019, I believe, right before COVID-19 really hit. So it's one of those conspiracy things that make you go, hmm, here's the, and I guarantee if he'd have been around, he'd have been like, wait a second, you guys are ramping up the PCR way too high. And that's exactly how they do these COVID-19 tests is with the polymerase chain reaction. Well, we're entering a new era here where, you know, if the airlines jump on this to say, hey, you can't travel unless you take this vaccination, there's going to be huge pushback from people. I mean, I, I don't want to be vaccinated. I'm healthy. I, don't, I haven't taken the flu shot in 15 years or so. The last time I took the flu shot, I got the flu. I haven't had the flu since. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't want to take a vaccine for something, especially something that's been as rushed as this has been. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me I can't get on a plane and go somewhere? Well, you know what that's going to kill is going to kill the airline and travel industry because there's enough people who don't buy into this stuff to say, you know what, not going to go anywhere. Because guess what? If you're actually terrified uh, so much about this COVID nineteen that you're going to get the, the vaccination, the odds of you having enough courage to want to fly somewhere is probably minimal. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is, is they're not going to make more people feel safe to travel 
the people who feel safe to travel aren't going to travel because you're going to make them require them to do something they don't want to do. So it's going to decimate the travel industry. Well, but you know what will happen? The governments will just bail them out. Right? Well, they'll end, up, they'll end up being government-ran airlines like there are in a, like the Turkish Airlines and Ukrainian Air and Belarusian Air. Like those are all, I think I'm, I might be wrong, but I know that some of them around the world, like Qatar Airlines, like those are ran by... Mm-hmm. The governments. Yeah, Etihad, the airline out of um, uh, Dubai or Abu Dhabi or wherever they're Mm -hmm. based. Yeah, yeah, that that's coming soon, gang. If you think it's been, if you think 2020 was weird, uh, I don't think you've seen anything yet. I think it's it's going to get weirder in 2021 uh, in different ways, and so uh, you know we're here for it. (laughs) Yeah, baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. Well, in combating this heavy handedness in censorship um, and big tech, you know, trying to take people's voices from them, Signal has seen an explosion, right? Signal and Telegram uh, messaging apps that are way more secure and private than Facebook Messenger. I've, I'm t- anybody who messages me on Messenger, um, mm-hmm. I tell them, don't reach me there anymore. Um, by the way, I've been dark on Facebook and Twitter on my personal accounts since January 6th. And you know what? I don't miss them at all. There was a time that pulling away from either Facebook, especially Facebook or Twitter was like, I felt like there was addiction there. Oh, I, I can't imagine living without them. Now I'm so fine without them. And I wish more people would walk away from uh, from big tech's tyranny mm-hmm. into solutions that are more uh, blockchain centric, more empowering the people centric. How's that for a lot of hyphens? That's really good. No, I think I'm the same way. But we, you know, we do have the blockchain heroes one, the bad crypto one. So we'll still we'll still manage that because it's how you have to do business and to communicate with fans. And right, I'm just Telegram. not using them for my personal use there's some business uses i have of it still but even then i would like for people to move to our telegram if you're following blockchain heroes more of you are on telegram than you are in our facebook group you know we do very little in the facebook group and very little on the twitter code t.me forward slash bc heroes if you want to uh, engage with us on the bad crypto podcast telegram you can actually chat with us there t.me forward slash the bad crypto podcast yep I would say the BC Heroes one is the one that we're probably in the most at this point because this is the the hub of the NFT world for our little bubble, and uh, so we're having a whole lot of fun with that. And the community is really great. I mean, we got so many awesome people in our community, including you folks that are listening right now. I know a lot of you are in the in the groups as well. We interact with a lot, and we we do live videos, conversations, and stuff. So just if you if you enjoy uh joel and, and you can put up with me then it's a pretty good place to uh to be to, to hang out and communicate and what if they enjoy you but could put up with me maybe i mean you're normally pretty likable i'm i have assholeish tendencies <laughs> we all do i just try to hide mine better well anyway signal is thinking about putting um an integration of crypto payments into the app they have run pilot tests for a token on a binance backed stellar based privacy cryptocurrency platform called mobile coin and uh they're speculating that perhaps this trial run is going to turn into something else you know telegram failed 
at having their own token. Although a week from Sunday, we're going to be featuring an interview with Kurt Braggett, the founder of Dust, who has actually created a crypto that you mine just by chatting on Telegram. And so you're going to want to make sure and not miss that episode a week from Sunday. Mine, 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 <laughs> mine. Yeah. What else we got, Sir Lark Travis? No, actually, you know, I want to talk about this a little bit, though. It, okay. it is interesting. It's a Binance-backed, Stellar-based, privacy cryptocurrency called MobileCoin. And tele- uh, Signal is encrypted. It takes zero of your data. It does not transmit any of your data. Now, there's been some people who have said, oh, Signal is owned by Twitter. Well, there's a company called Whisper Systems that was acquired by Twitter in, I don't know, 2010, 2011. And then Open Whisper Systems was then created. And then I think because the guy left Twitter and then they went on and created this. So as far as I know, Signal is not owned by Twitter. It's owned by Open Whisper Systems. Uh, but it could be a little confusing. I sure as hell hope Twitter doesn't own it because if not, they're going to have back doors in there, but I don't think they do. No. Some people have said, oh, it's owned by Twitter, but it's it's not. From my research, and my research is pretty solid most of the time. Um, so take it. Don't believe anything you hear online, gang. People pass around these ridiculous stories with links to videos of some guy or some girl saying something, and they automatically think that this is truth. We got to be critical thinkers and explore for ourselves, especially before passing something on to somebody else. You do not want to be a tool for misinformation. You do not want to be my mom who's sending, <laughs> be like, she, it's so funny because I was giving her a hard time. She's like, She's like, I saw this on Tammy Sargent's Facebook page. I'm like, wait a second. Are you relying on Tammy Sargent Intel? Because I don't know that that's the most reliable. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you what, just, you know, there's so much. I love Tammy Sargent. If Tammy Sargent is listening, she may or may not be listening. Misinformation, uh, disinformation, and some of it is actually true, but you really have to put it through a filter because anything goes these days. And yeah, my first question, anytime I read um, a news story or a headline is to ask myself, is that true or what part of that is true? Is there a slant to this? Are they trying to, you know, communicate a message? Is there, you know, is there some messaging behind this that is biased? I just, I don't believe anything anymore. I I even got to look at what I say and think, right? Wait, Joel just said that. Is that true? (laughs) You're right. I don't believe in Elvis. You want to add that song in there. That's a John... John Lennon song there. I don't believe her. As Bitcoin grows in popularity, large financial institutions and companies have thrown their weight behind the crypto industry. Well, guess what? As it turns out, we now have some major universities in the U.S. that have been buying cryptos for a long time with endowment funds. Among those mentioned are Yale, Harvard, and Brown University, also the University of Michigan. Oh, I love it. I mean, you know what? It, 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 there's some of these schools have such huge endowments. Now, I remember in, I think it was 2010, 2011, that Texas bought like $2 billion worth of gold, right? And some of these companies are doing that. And they, some of these schools are doing that. They have so much 
money sitting in these dowry. Why are these endowments? Because, well, school is vastly overpriced and they have all these other people that still donate to them every single year. And uh, yeah, so what'd you say? A handful of these institutions have their Bitcoin funds held with Coinbase. Mm-hmm. So maybe they might want to get themselves a wallet and put it in a safe and bury it. You know, I just found another interesting story here on dailycoin.com that I want to interject here just because um, well, I find it interesting. 8,000 forgotten Bitcoins of over 10 years sold to Coinbase. That just happened this week. Uh, unidentified Bitcoin whale who mined thousands of Bitcoins in the early days has sold over 8,000 BTC in the last 10 months. According to the blockchain, this anonymous whale has been mining as early as 2010. Mm. Man, stuff like this makes me always go, damn, I could have been a whale. I mean, I mind I mind a block of Bitcoin, but I just stopped. I literally could have said, oh, this is genius. I'm going to get some kick-ass computers and keep doing this shit, but I did not. So- but, you know, here's here's the other side of that. Um, I, I believe everything happens in its time at the right time, right? And okay. if you had gotten into it then, maybe when it hit $5, you would have been like, damn, I'm selling all this. I'm going to sell my 8,000 Bitcoin. I'm going to make yeah. 40 grand. Maybe I and, would have peeled off a little bit because you always peel off a little bit of profits here and well, there. Well, you've learned that now, but back right. then, would you have had that same mindset? You know, I probably would have sold a bunch of them when they hit near 1,000. I would have gotten rid of a lot of them. And, uh, yeah, hard to, it's hard to say if, when you get into hopium and what if isms of, um, but if I could turn back time, stop it. No, <laughs> uh, Aaron producer, please just bleep anytime he sings share. Cause that just, that doesn't work for me at all. Also in the realm of Signal, the Iranian government is blocking Signal. So, yeah, they're they're saying that, uh, you know, in Iran, I guess the mullahs there or whatever, they don't like Signal. The Iranian government says it's on their number one block list uh, because, you know, you don't want people saying things. You, do, you don't want people saying words. You don't, you know, if you're in an oppressive um mm-hmm nation like iran you uh you don't want the people to have freedom that's true one thing that i that's interesting that i want to add here to this moment is that um so we're working on this new thing called the bitcoin elite nft series and it's all about the price of bitcoin throughout the time and the buying power of bitcoin as it grows and the bitcoin elite.com but this guy who's creating this badass 3D glossy luxe sort of black tie high end NFT spinning on this marble uh, base and gold and it's just they're so beautiful. The guy is based in Iran, and it's actually illegal for him to be creating NFTs and doing crypto. So it's like it's kind of cool that the dude that's creating this amazing piece of artwork is is in Iran. It's just that's just the spirit of Bitcoin to me is that's just beautiful. Meanwhile, from the realm of those that are lagging behind, Andrew Bailey is the governor of Bank of England, and he says there is no existing cryptocurrency that has a sustainable structure which guarantees it as a means of payment over the long term. What? What kind of kind of craziness is that? He needs to go have some bangers and mash and a pint because he's not doing any good with this. 
so that to me seems really wonky, right? Like, how can you say that they have no, like, it, who, who has a smartphone these days? Pretty much everyone. Right. Like, who wants to go stand in line at a bank? Pretty much no one, right? right? Who wants to touch dirty fiat currencies now that they, everybody has the big scare about the next strain of the whole of the thing? Nobody. And so, and you mean to tell me that cryptos don't, that, you know what? I think the reason they put this thing out is because if you guys have done research, the city of London is its own sort of autonomous city within London. It is not part of England or the UK in the same way that the Vatican is not part. Vatican City is not part of Rome or part of Italy. It's its own autonomous city. And so most of the banking and stuff happens there. And these are old school folks that don't want crypto. So when you hear stuff like this from the Bank of England or the governor of the Bank of England, they're just putting FOMO out there because they don't want crypto to be going. They don't like people to be sovereign and controlling of their own wealth. They don't like that. This is what Bailey said. Have we landed on what I'd call the design governance and arrangements for what I might call a lasting digital currency? No, I don't think we're there yet, honestly. I don't think cryptocurrencies as originally formulated are it. To which hmm. I say, you're full of it. Right. Sir, Lord, Andrew, Governor, Bailey, person. Wanka. <laughs> this is a really fascinating article here, Sir Lord Travis, because many of us here in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia use Ethereum. It's great. And when you want to send Ethereum or you want to use Uniswap or you want to buy an NFT, you see the gas fees and you're like, well, maybe I won't do that right now. Well, they've kind of broken down by the charts and figured out Ethereum fees by the hour. And so this article here in Cointelegraph talks about the best and worst times of day to use Ethereum. There's a chart here. The Ethereum blockchain is busiest from one o'clock UTC to six o'clock UTC. So that would be, you know, uh, I think UTC is seven hours ahead of me, six hours ahead of you. Yeah, it says right here from 8 a.m. Eastern to about 1 p.m. Eastern. There you go. And so it says this is no coincidence because during this time window, both Europe and the U.S. are fully awake and at work. The least busy period is between 9 UTC and 11 p.m. UTC. And uh, Europe, U.S. workday is coming to a close. Europe's getting ready to sleep. Asia, it's very early in the morning. So the blockchain is less clogified, making the gas fees lower and probably faster for you to get you know, your transaction done as well. So it looks like from 4 p.m. Eastern to about 6 p.m. Eastern is when the gas fees are the least, which is about the time that I'm have, I have the most gas actually, because <laughs> I've already eaten lunch and I probably had some beans. It's those damn beans. Yeah. Uh, speaking of NFTs, we've got a little NFT segment here with a few stories that we want to hit up on, Trav. Do you remember seeing the CryptoPunk NFTs on Ethereum, you know, even a couple or so years ago? First ones. They're sort of like, like bit, make, bit you know, sort of like what, 64-bit looking, eight, excuse me, 8-bit looking art, right? Yep. yep, there's nothing special about them except that they're limited. I think there was only like 10,000 of them or something like that that they developed. I could be wrong about how many there were, but you know, they all sold out probably pretty inexpensively. 
And now there's one of them that's an ultra rare alien sold for $750,000. Three quarters of a million dollars, 605 ETH. 605 ETH. That's crazy. The price of the price of NFTs on ETH are normally astronomical. I mean, you see it like a normal common occurrence for somebody to buy uh, an NFT for one ETH. And you're thinking one ETH now is like 1,350 bucks, right? And this is no big deal. I guess it's like so many people that have so much ETH that they're just like, yeah, I'll take that little cartoon piece of art. Amazing to me that, you know, these pixels are selling for so much. So CryptoPunks predated the ERC-721 standard and CryptoKitties. Aliens are the rarest form of CryptoPunk. And so, you know, people who are making this investment see it as one heck of an investment. But, uh, you know, a story has risen over the past couple of weeks that you're experiencing firsthand and I know you're personally excited about. Well, let's talk about NBA Top Shot. Yeah. So NBATopshot.com is the website. This is on the Flow blockchain created by Dapper Labs, the creators of CryptoKitties. And this was one of the use cases that we talked about really early on with Tops, you know, about like, why is Tops not doing stuff like this? This is cool. Something awesome happens on the baseball field and you can immediately take that highlight and turn it in to an NFT. Well, NBA Top Shot is exactly that. And they're calling it the future of the trading card market. You can basically buy these virtual packs. And uh, and then you can resell them on the marketplace. And some of these highlights, man, and some of these highlights are going for as much as a hundred thousand dollars. Now that's not even hyperbole. I saw at least two yesterday sell for a hundred thousand uh, dollars. I've sold one for about twenty three hundred dollars. That was a card I didn't even know who the guy was. Like I don't even I don't know NBA. But can you imagine when this hits the NFL? Or when this hits some of those other sports, like when this hits the soccer leagues around the world and they start doing this kind of stuff with these amazing goals and different things, like this right here, Joel. Oh. This right here, Joel. I mean, I know – I'll just tell you this. I just started selling them because I bought some in September. I just started selling them last night. I've already sold 30 of my 170 of the cards. Wow. Not for anywhere near, like normally like, oh, here's a $20 one. Here's a whatever. Not the right. ones. But you're looking but, for, you know, the gold in there, right? It's, yeah. Looking for not... the ones that are the gold. And I've discovered like, here was a card that I discovered that I had that I didn't even know who the guy was. And the lowest priced card is going for 1700 bucks. Mm -hmm. It's like, you what? Know we um we've been watching what's happening with dapper of course we had uh, somebody from dapper labs on um on the nifty show if you guys aren't tuning into that yet we are also now uploading the audio version to the podcast channel so if you don't have time to watch the live video or you don't want to watch on youtube on replay you can go subscribe to the nifty show just search for the nifty show on whatever podcast player you're listening to right now and we've interviewed dapper you know crypto kitties was the first big nft hit on ethereum you know that was more mainstream appeal than than crypto um, punks was and they're doing they've developed their own chain flow 
and uh, NBA Top Shots on Flow. The upcoming Dr. Seuss collectibles are going to be on Flow. There's a lot of independents that are building on Flow, and we love wax, but you know, we are. Um, when it comes to the different chains, we're open to anything that's going to work to bring digital collectibles to the masses. And we're watching flow. And I got to tell you right now, Travis, if I was on the marketing team for flow, I have their slogan. Go with the flow. The more, you know, the more you flow. Okay. Very nice. Thank you very much. So I like that. You, you should be in marketing. I know. Right. So we're keeping an eye on NBA Top Shot and Flow. And uh, one more thing from the NFT world, Sir Lord Travis Wright. Uh, Tops yeah. sprung a surprise Garbage Pail Kids launch on us here just a couple of days ago. I guess they created a physical card of Bernie Sanders in his inauguration day pose where, you know, he was wearing these mittens and, he, and it became a meme, Right. There was mm -hmm. a, the whole Bernie thing became an awesome meme and it's just hilarious. And tops moved very quickly and they put out an 18 card set of Sanders in different locations with the inauguration day pose called GPK burn ventures. Yeah. Now I want, I want you to actually share how you discovered it because it was so funny how you just literally stumbled upon it. And you're like, dude, look at this. And, and the thing that blows me away on this, guys, is that the inauguration was on the 20th, and they launched this shit on the 26th. Like, that was a company being super nimble, going, oh, my God, there's an opportunity here. And last I checked, they've sold over maybe 6,000 packs at 5 bucks a pop. Mm -hmm. You do the math. Like, that's a, that was a quick win for them. And, and they already had the mechanisms built, and they just, boom. Yeah, I just found it on Atomic Hub. I was just browsing through stuff and I saw this card, this GPK card of Bernie Sanders. I'm like, is that official? And then I looked and saw it came from the GPK Tops account. Like it is. And I backwards, you know, reverse engineered it to find what this was. And sure enough, it's a two card pack that uh, if you listen to the show tonight on the Thursday that it comes out, I think the sale still goes through the 29th at midnight Eastern. And uh, you should be able to go to Atomic Hub and just look for um, Garbage Pail Kids Burn Ventures and find them. But there's two cards in a pack. They're funny. Um, Tops has put together a program where they want you to burn cards, which makes a lot of sense. Burning them means you're basically removing them from supply and it, it earns you points and gets you entries to get some additional drops that are coming out. I, just, I love NFTs so much, Travis. I just do. I can't explain it. I just do. I love them so much, isn't this? They, this just, is make, good. they just make me so happy seeing the, mm -hmm. the NFTs and stuff. If you guys haven't gone down the rabbit hole yet, you're just you're so missing out on so much fun in the beginning of digital collectibles pioneering this field. It, it's it, a whole new space, man. I mean, think about this. Like As William Quigley has said, Everything that is not food can be an NFT. Like I was talking to this dude who does the decentralized dance parties and he's, and these decentralized dance parties are so cool because like whenever before COVID was around, they've done these at a hundred different places around the world, these parties. And basically they, through FM modulation, they're able to take a, a song, 
and then give everybody an FM station. And then they have these boom boxes and they walk around and they're a party and everybody's holding these boom boxes. That's playing the exact same music. Right. Which is really cool. And so they got all these boom boxes and like, man, you should NFT each one of those boom boxes, man. They're each one of them's a one of one. You should sell those and then raise money for your next party. And then when you're at the party, you could, or, or you could have, you could have people sign up and say, Hey, I'm going to be at the party, send them an NFT. And then at the party in the geo in the geo proximity range, uh, oh, you have this NFT. We can drop you a new NFT, which then allows you access to other stuff. And maybe you've been to a few of these parties. Oh man, check it out! I got five of these. Well, now you're a VIP. You get the golden boom box, and you get to walk around, and you get all these other benefits. It's like that's just one use case. That's just a really cool thing in this decentralized dance party thing there's so much that could be done folks it's an amazing amazing space decentralized dance party coming to you soon yeah they were actually uh, if you were on the virtual blockchain week they was the ones that ran our party i'm just dropping the beat here it's really good nice and as long as we're talking fun and games with NFTs, let's give a shout out to our friend Adam Barlam and his chain games. You can battle against the rest of the world with your favorite crypto projects and characters in this blockchain-enabled kart racing game available for Windows, Mac OS, Linux, and Android for all you Linux users out there. Supporting real crypto payouts for multiplayer racing, battle mode, Rocket League, capture the flag, and more if you've got what it takes to be number one the competition is fierce check it out right now for free at chaingames.io and we just had a conversation with adam this week and some of his plans for chain games and i cannot reveal any of what was said but i am watching chain very closely Mm -hmm. yeah there i mean well we can tell you this that you can already play call of duty Right. And there's another game that you can already play, like the real version of Call of Duty through the chain games uh, ecosystem. And you can earn crypto by playing Call of Duty games you already play. That's why that's so exciting is that things you're already doing. Good stuff. And that's going to wrap up our bad news edition of the show. Thanks again for listening. Please make sure that you review. And if you haven't reviewed, we'd like you to review. And if you want to write a review, please go review us. They say repetition is what, you know, gets through to people because you need to say it a bunch of times for people to take action. So review, 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 review. There, I think I said it. Share with your friends. And most of all, make sure you stay back. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.